Hi everyone, I'm Lucy and you are listening to Holdings Base, a mindfulness and mental health podcast offering support for those experiencing baby loss. Losing a baby can be an incredibly difficult experience for anyone and so it's important to have the right tools to help you navigate the emotions and the challenges that come with it. This podcast is dedicated to exploring different approaches to mindfulness and mental health that can help individuals and families cope with the loss of a child. We hope this podcast will bring you a little bit of comfort, a sense of hope and help you to feel less alone. Brought to you by the Ellie's Gift Project. Download the Ellie's Gift app to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Holding Space podcast. So I'm Lucy, your host. And I'm here from the Ellie's Gift Project. And I'm joined today by my wonderful guest, Sue. Um, so Sue Strong. And Sue is here today to um, share lots with you. And I'm hoping that this podcast will bring you a little sense of um, hope and you'll be able to take some wisdom away. Um, yeah, and I, and I hope that you enjoy it. So Sue, would you care to share a little bit about you and your background to our listeners? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, lovely to be here. Thanks, Lucy. I'm glad to glad to be a bit nervous, but that's okay too. Um, yeah, just a little bit about my background. I think uh, I I've had if, if I start with I've had three pregnancies and I have one uh, child, and that is a beautiful twenty one year old, um, and. Uh, I think with the theme today around um, trauma and self-compassion is the stages for me began like when I was 18 and I had a lot of shame around being pregnant and times were very different then. Um, And it was all very messy and very confusing, but I because I probably for mental health reasons, actually, I actually chose the termination because I just couldn't face couldn't face being pregnant. It was just too terrifying and scary. And there wasn't the support. And my family were um, not 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 the not the most supportive. In fact, they weren't supportive at all. (laughs) Um, And. quite a few years later I I had uh, I was pregnant and I lost uh, I had a miscarriage probably about eight to ten weeks and I just had such shame and guilt that it was because I'd had a termination that I then went on to lose this baby um, which was deeply sad Uh, then sort of about five months later I got pregnant again and then had had my daughter but while I followed all them stages and the deep joy was just such grief that arose that that this little baby was fully formed when I because I couldn't cope had a miscarriage had a termination such grief I'd never never connected with it and then suddenly I was faced with just the the it was traumatic to realize one what I'd been through and I forgave my, I had to forgive myself because it wasn't that I uh, intended this harm to this, to this life, but I just was unwell. I couldn't have coped with it. 
so that's the bit around um yeah the the my connection with the pain of loss of of um pregnancy of life um but fortunately i was able to go on and have have a child so that's fabulous um just a little about me i'm i'm a coach um and i do somatic coaching and nlp coaching um and I love all things energy, all things nervous system, all things that help us um, overcome like trauma of any sort, not just the trauma and the loss of 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 a well wanted child, you know, or a child that we weren't able to have for whatever reason. But the traumas, I mean, real trauma, Gabor Matty said something really, really touched me, is that. Um, all things traumatic are stressful, but not all stressful things are traumatic. And we live in a world that overuses trauma, but actually traumatic is something that is a deep lasting wound that is for years can be triggered and touched and be very raw and painful. I really like that distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your story around loss. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's, loss is, is such a complex topic and individual, you know, as individuals, we all, you know, we're all here in this space with our own circumstances and our own stories. Um, but, um, you know, uh, the, the effects of, of losing, you know, as you say, a wanted, a wanted child, a wanted life, it's, it's absolutely heart shattering. Um, you know, I know that when Ellie died, um, I just felt completely broken and, and I still do feel broken. Um, and I think when we talk about trauma, I think the topic of trauma is is very misunderstood. Um, sometimes I think the word trauma is kind of thrown around quite recklessly and quite careless, carelessly. Um, so I wonder if you could speak to that topic a little bit more around around trauma exactly. You know, well, what what does trauma mean, and how how would somebody know if if they're experiencing trauma? Um, yeah, just something around that. I think um, there's such a lot of information around around mm-hmm. trauma, and I find that the greatest person that I, inspires me is Gabor Mate, mm-hmm. and um, so like trauma is that um that lasting thing that comes up again and again that is unpleasant that actually impacts that ability to live uh, freely to live connectedly to live with like f- f- belief and hope and you know it's that thing that just gets you back to that place of um feeling you're back at the beginning mm. and of course you're not but mm. it feel like something's triggered and you know it can be a a felt sense of some aspect of whatever that is that you've been through but it 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 feels like it's as if it's happening all over again as if it's starting again yeah um I don't know if that says enough to mm. what you're um yeah it's sort of like 
it's both raw and open and shut down at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they're both yeah. like how we protect ourselves around that raw openness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you were just showing that like raw and open shut down at the same time, I was really getting the, this image in my, in my mind. I know, I, I know exactly what you mean um, by that um yeah so I mean so a lot of people will they'll be wondering if if they're if they're having you know trauma symptoms or you know experiencing it how how would somebody know how would it show up in the body or how would it show up at all yeah I mean I think I think one of the like for years like I had to overcome a lot of childhood trauma and Mm. and I'd had several lots of therapy Mm. and I hadn't nobody had ever said that what you've been through is trauma and and had someone said to me years before what you're experiencing is trauma this hyper vigilance Mm -hmm. is trauma this Mm -hmm. 360 degree radar you know this uh inability to concentrate this ability this jumpiness this um defensiveness this um I don't know, maybe intrusive feelings or, you know, there's so many ways in which it shows up, but it fun- it, it, it affects your functioning of day-to-day life. It's not something that, like, somebody upsets you in day- daily life and people move on, but it's actually might ruminate over it, go over and over that and not be able to let it go and, um, yeah, just keep going back to and over in them loops in the mind um and you know it it can be just really really intense feelings you know just really intense feelings in the body feeling really sad feeling but in that moment not really knowing you know depends how raw and fresh the loss is you know like in terms of this Mm. this group of people that that are here but for me, it's that sense of detachment, feeling slightly detached from life, feeling a disc- that disconnect from your emotions, from yourself. You've got the feelings, but there's also the sense that you're not quite able to be with them. They're there, but you're not able to really get close. And this is where the self-compassion bit for me comes in. It's like, you know, there's something, it's, it's strong, but actually you can't quite get to it it's does that make am I making sense oh it does yeah it does mm. and you know you mentioned self-compassion so I'm just to share a really brief story so um so some of our listeners will know the circumstances around um when I lost our daughter Ellie so we had a termination for medical reasons um because Ellie's heart hadn't formed properly and after her passing I really found it hard to connect to my body because I felt and believed that my body had failed me because I believe that my body should have done its job, which was to grow and create a healthy baby. And I should have followed what I'd always been brought up to believe, you know, through my upbringing, through what I'd seen in the media, what I'd seen in my, around family and friends in that people got pregnant They had healthy babies. They told me that pregnancy and birth hurt and um, they delivered the baby and that was that was life. So when, of course, my body didn't follow suit, I felt incredibly angry and I didn't want to be in my body because also as well, I was very aware that 
because of the circumstances around Ellie's passing, in that Ellie, I gave Ellie life in my body, but she also died in my body. Yeah. So my body, my body was like a place that she she was given life, but her life was also taken away in in the same body, in this body, in my body. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard to connect to my body after that. I, I felt like um, disgusted by it. I didn't want to be in it. Um, and then it was um, my kind of propelling towards feeling like I could cope better with what I was experiencing was through the introduction of mindfulness practices, one of which was self-compassion. So, yeah, so I'm kind of going into this topic now of self-compassion, but can you speak a little bit more about about this and how, um, you know, practices around self-compassion can be helpful, especially in relation to, to trauma? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like everybody can access that self-compassion at different points in time. And it's a journey to being able to make contact with that feeling. So self-compassion is that kindness to self, that ability to meet what we are, what we're feeling without that self-criticism, that self-judgment. Some of the things you mentioned, Lucy, you know, some of them thoughts you were having, those, you know, uh, not very kind thoughts, but very understandable thoughts. So so for self-compassion, I think that's a really great place to start is what am I saying to myself like that? Because there, there was something around that for healing to happen, suffering has to be acknowledged. We can't we can't heal that wound without acknowledging that level of pain. So for you, that level of pain was, you know, I'm feeling my body's let me down. That's very, it's sort of like coming to that with that care and that that kindness. Um, and for me, the biggest thing is, is touch. We live in a bit of a, a weird culture around touch, self-touch. It's like it's all been a bit um, sexualized touch you know but actually that you know if we look at our our hands the feeling the energy in our hands you know even just starting to I know it sounds mad but even putting things like hand cream on gently like that real ability to start to to feel the sensations to be able to get close to that wound the what however that is showing up in the body And that might be like one of the ways trauma shows up in my body, even still, though I've done loads of work and I'll continue to grow for life. Um, But it's it's a constriction in my throat. So the breath holding, it's it's so repetitive. It's it's on an unconscious level. So trauma is on an unconscious level where it's stored in the body. And when we get self-compassionate, to our body to our mind to our you know um whatever is going whatever's arising in this moment when we can get that closeness the healing can begin to take begin to take place but it can't it's not always there sometimes that journey like we have to start small and like in our nervous system touch goes direct into our nervous system and brings that 
that calming and that soothing on a level that we're not thinking about. So if you right now, I'm going to take my glasses off, but if you just put your hands on your cheeks, so just cup, cupping the cheeks and just allow your head to rest in your hands. Just notice the sensations of the hands and just see if you can soften the hands and just notice the breath. Just see if the shoulders can soften. And just let the breath be soft. This is a self-compassionate act. This is offering that willingness to be tender to, uh, to yourself, to your body. And, and you can take that and cup, like even like a lot of these are Reiki moves, energy healing. So put in your cupping your eyes, just pop in your hands, cupping the eyes. And actually just, I don't know what you noticed, Lucy, what do you notice with your hands cupping your eyes? Well, I can notice a lot of heat. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's kind of a, it's kind of a sense of, you know, when you get in a hot bath and you just yeah. feel like, ah, yeah. like really, really just like, oh, this is nice. Like a rush of relaxation and it feels very, very nurturing. Yes. Um, and I feel safe. Yes, absolutely. And this yeah. is what we want is the, the nervous system to start to register safety. Yeah. So if you cup the the forehead with one hand mm -hmm. and just put your hand on the the back of your skull and soften your shoulders that feels really really nice yeah and and if we see touch as an act of self-compassion mm. the places that are hurting the places that don't make sense the confusion in the mind the it all begins to have a place of release of softening mm. um so yeah this is you know when we look at the impact of trauma is what can we do that's not heady that's not mm. overthinking it that's not over judging it but that actually gets into the body in a way and the head's probably quite a safe place because it actually soften you can you can notice if your jaw's tight. You can notice if your, you know, your throat's tight. You can just keep the shoulders soft. Um, and this is like we're looking for doorways in because trauma brings like quite a hardness and a defensiveness around it and, you know, keep people away. And actually, if we can be available to just try to connect yeah. So that for me is about what what if if trauma is about disconnecting us from ourselves, this self-compassionate touch is actually reconnecting ourselves. And it might mean that feelings flow and it might mean that instead of being locked down in the trauma response, that your body can open up and grieve then, you know, it's it's got its gifts.
Yeah, I think that's incredible. And I think I think this kind of this isn't necessarily the first thing that people will think about in terms of yeah. um showing up for themselves and, and offering some support to what they are experiencing. Um I really I, um, as you were talking there, I, something came into my mind. So when I when I did my mindfulness teacher training with breathworks and I did my mindful movement meet weekend. Um, I did it with, and forgive me, because you might know her name, Sue, actually. Um, the, the lady who led the actual mindful movement was the lady who, who worked with Ajimala to put the, the movements together on the course. Um, oh, Padma, Padma yes. Dhamshani. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so we were asked to, she, it was like a full weekend. It was amazing. And she, for one part of the day, she asked us to, to lay all these blue blankets on the floor and she put this beautiful piece of music on and she asked us all to kind of almost just like pretend that this blue blanket that we had to paint our whole body in blue. So it kind of, I mean, everyone had their eyes closed. So it kind of involved like rolling around on this blanket. I mean, gosh, if anyone would have walked in and seen us. <laughs> so random. Um, but I remember connecting to this music and my body yeah. And I cried. Oh my gosh, did I cry? I was like, mm. like it was just this massive release. And then she asked us to um to then draw on a piece of paper with some like crayons or felt tips, like just just start to do a bit of expressive drawing straight after that. And I remember that I'd, I was drawing like um water and trees and roots, and I can't remember exactly what I shared at the time, but I just remembered there definitely being a shift with something in that moment just through that movement in my body yes lovely yeah it was incredible yeah Um, and I and I know as well now uh, I carry this forward with this idea of movement because if I'm feeling very overwhelmed and say um you know a a still stillness mindfulness practice isn't right then I instead will move so I will I will move with my breath yes yes shake my body I'll move my hands with my breath and I'll get on the floor do whatever I just it never really kind of know what I'm going to do. I'm just kind of feeling into it. Yeah. But it's just so helpful. Um, it's, it's incredible, really. And, and actually, that's interesting because this is an internal movement. Mm. So what we're doing with touch. So I, I use a lot of touch around my chest. Yeah. So it can be, I can even gently, throat's a delicate one, isn't it? Because, mm. But, you know, holding delicately on the throat and the chest. Yeah. Um, on the the between the ribs the solar plexus and all these are match the um chakras the energy centers so all of this work is actually um when things begin to flow in inside you get away you you experience a different part of yourself that it's almost like giving that overworking part a bit of a break um so I, I still always daily use definitely on my uh chest and my solar plexus always yeah it's really powerful and um and this sense of touch um I remember uh I don't think it was this year it might have been last year because I shared it in one of our baby loss uh mindfulness sharing circles that we've run um there was a story in the newspaper about a lady who had um, her baby had died and been buried. I don't know if you're familiar with this story because it was in, it's in the news. And 
um, they, they found out where her baby had been buried all these years later. And she she was reunited with the burial site of her, yeah. her baby. Yeah. And I remember reading it and I was, I was so I was so upset um for her. Yeah. And um, but what I did is I wrapped my arms around my body um in in this kind of response to my own suffering. And I said to myself out loud, I said, it's okay, it's all right. Um you know this is upsetting and it's okay to feel like that so yeah. let it let it flow it, and you know it, it will pass but this you're, what you're feeling now is valid let this be here and I just kind of embraced myself for about I don't know maybe five minutes nice. um, and it, it did and it passed and it and it dispersed but it felt like such a, a healthy way to meet myself and to show up for myself in a way that nobody else in the world could do other than me. Um, that sense of touch, so powerful. I just had a thought that I'd like to share with you, which is, mm. just takes us full circle. Yeah. I feel quite sad, but I'm just going to say it, is that my mum went to give birth and the baby died when it was born. Yeah. It was a stillbirth. Mm. And she became agoraphobic and never went out for 16 years. Wow. And um, I just suddenly realised that my trauma came as a result of her bereavement. Yeah. And how difficult it was for her to parent because yeah. she was in grief. So I'm just suddenly come full circle to remembering that and yeah. realising how important the work that you're doing is. Yeah. And had she had support, and that was it was it was you saying that about like they they weren't named. Well, she did name her, and it yeah. was a mass grave, and mm. you know they were just buried without any any anything really. It was all very difficult for them. Mm. So that's good to come full circle and realize. Yeah. And I'm so proud of myself for being the person that I am. Yeah. To come from such trauma that came from baby loss. Yeah. But actually, yeah, I've never so funny is how it comes it, also. It is, yeah. You know, it's sometimes things take lots of lots and lots of time to figure out. Um yeah. and um, you know, sometimes it's it's the meeting and the connecting and the sharing, uh, the reflecting and, and things will kind of become very obvious in a moment, like wow, gosh, and um yeah it's incredible and yeah I think this is this kind of you know being there for ourselves. It, it it does help future generations it does yeah. carry forward yeah. um you know so when when we take the time to care for ourselves in grief it's not just for us it's not it's for everybody else we come into contact with and who they come into contact with and they come into contact with it's yeah, just absolutely into being we're all connected all of us whether we like it or not so yeah and and yeah. sometimes the deepest wounds make us the greatest healers for others like mm-hmm. I am I do such good work with people because I've come through and grown through and you know when I get thrown off track I come back yeah you know um but yeah so such a rich share here yeah absolutely but the self-compassion is also the, the words that we use to ourselves, you know, what yeah. we say. Yeah. 
yeah trying to find some more helpful words yeah describe the experience of wherever someone is right now yeah absolutely supports people yeah so in terms of um if you know anyone listening to this if they if they if they were interested in in kind of doing this kind of work or starting a self-cost compassionate practice how how what would your kind of suggestion be as a as a stepping stone into into this what what advice would you give I think it links to the work that you do which is the 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 grounding so the feeling your feet on the floor feeling your bottom on the chair your back on the chair the drop in the shoulders connecting a little with um the the movement of the breath in the body if that's comfortable for people so that they're grounded when they they do that and 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 um noticing what they might be saying to themselves and just seeing if they can find something a little tiny bit kinder Mm. so if there's judgments and unkindness just notice that's just what you do and let's see if you can find something softer and then bring in the the touch you know so bringing in that as a an act of kindness you know and and our hands are so full of energy you know the the warmth like you said you felt on the eyes is just begin to find where on your body needs where on your body um would benefit from some close kind contact with your hands and I remember Christopher Germer says something, um, who's the self-compassion um, mindfulness guy. And he says, and what would you like to hear whispered in your ear right now? I love that. So what do you need to hear right now? What can you whisper in your ear? Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that forward as well. <laughs> great, isn't it? Because I think sometimes as well in, um, you know, when we talk about self compassion, sometimes some of the practices, um, that I put forward, some some of the words around what they encourage words to use. You know, very commonly, "May I be well," "May I be happy," beautiful words, but people don't always resonate with them. Well, they didn't touch me for years then. <laughs> so it was like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They didn't touch me at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just one other thing I will say, which is yeah. there's something when I'm in a stuck place or a difficult place, mm-hmm. one of the, the sort of practices that that I do, which is in this moment, imagining people that care about you, that value you, that know you, that you've forgotten in that moment just around you so in a little circle so you imagine them with you and that can emotionally shift out of that isolation and disconnection into re-remembering re-remembering you're not really alone you are loved even if you can't feel it even if but just that sense of you're not alone yeah yeah yeah, I love I love that visual. Yeah, um, yeah. I th- I think there's so many different ways into this, isn't there? And I think it's a, it's just about trying finding what works for you. Um, yeah. what experiment, you experiment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's 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 incredible. But of course, it's all a practice. So um, 
yeah we practice and uh we practice and we practice and then we see what we find so yeah and knowing if you don't want to those moments where you're stuck and you don't want to do anything Mm. to just see what one thing can you do what one you know might be just even moving your shoulders once you start getting a little movement you know things start to shift inside yeah so and 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 being kind to this to the to the stuckness absolutely yeah yeah so it's been so lovely to speak to you about all of this um so I am in a moment, I'm going to take our listeners through a, a very short guided meditation practice as we do traditionally at the end of every, every episode. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and for talking so openly, transparently, authentically uh, about the work that you do, about your own personal circumstances. And there's been so much that you've shared today, so much food for thought, so much wisdom. Uh, and I know that somebody out there will be listening to this and just kind of rejoicing in gratitude to say thank you so much, um, which is what I want to say too. Um, so is there anything finally that you want to say before we, before I take the listeners through the, the final part? Just that we're all doing our best. Mm-hmm. Just notice that uh, this day, this moment, just doing your best yeah and there is hope yeah thank you so thank you so for the final part then of this podcast we're going to be inviting you to join us in a very short compassionate meditation so wherever you are if you want to get yourself as comfortable as possible you can do this meditation in an upright seated position And if you want to close your eyes, then please do, or alternatively, you can lower your gaze. And remember, with any meditation practice, you are always in control. So if you feel that this meditation practice is too much for you today, then remember, you can come out of the meditation anytime you wish making adjustments as you follow along. And if any of the meditation feels too difficult, then remember there are always options, which I'll be adding in as we go along. So, as I said then, making sure that you are as comfortable as you can be. And I've said this before, I remember being at a meditation session and the teacher who was facilitating instructed us to make a fuss. She said, really make a fuss in terms of getting yourself comfortable. So I would encourage you to do that today, making sure there's any cushions or blankets that you want to use, anything that will help you to feel safe and comfortable. So just connecting then to the present moment. I'm going to be connecting to the present moment here as you listen to this meditation. So noticing what you can hear, what sounds are all around you. Just being curious about the sounds that you can hear, 
sounds from inside of your environment or maybe sounds from further afield. Allowing these sounds to bring you into this moment. These sounds that are happening right now in this present moment. And then dropping your awareness into your physical body today. So just checking in with how you are, how you feel. Physically, how does the body feel? What's your emotional weather like today? Really getting a sense of the whole of your body resting here. The shape of your body. The weight of your body. Noticing all the points of contact between your body and the surface beneath it or behind it. And allowing yourself to feel safe and held and supported in this moment. In the safety of this moment with me. then getting a sense of your body breathing. So as your body moves with the breath, where do you notice those sensations today? Where do you notice the sensations of your breath in your body? Maybe at the chest, maybe around the center of your body or the back of your body, around the mouth or the nostrils. And just gently following that breath as the body breathes, following the in-breath and the out-breath. Whenever the mind becomes distracted, which it definitely will. Just gently and very, very kindly bringing your attention back to the breath, back to this moment, back to this breath and this breath and this breath. And very gently placing one hand on your heart space, on your chest. Very gently. Recognising this very, very tender and loving action. The connection between your hand and your body.
that power of touch and the way this makes you feel. And whatever emotions are coming up for you, if that's true for you, allowing them to be there as best as you can. Showing yourself compassion and kindness. Recognizing the vulnerable human being that you are. And holding space for yourself, for your grief. And maybe offering some kind words to yourself. If you can find the words today, some words of comfort, some words of support. I'm here for you. I care about you. I love you. And as best as you can, being open to receiving that. Showing ourselves compassion is not easy. In the many workshops that I deliver, I hear this time and time again. It's often easier to show care and kindness to others. But of course, as with everything, things take time. So while this sense of kindness and compassion towards yourself might feel a little bit strange, that's absolutely normal. It's the seeds that we plant and we continue to nurture and water them. And these are the seeds of compassion, the seeds of kindness in care and support for ourselves. And the more we practice, the more we hold space, the stronger this will become. And over time, change will happen. relaxing your hand down and taking in a slow, deep, compassionate breath. Releasing your breath with a sigh. Very, very gently. If the eyes have been closed today, opening the eyes, taking a stretch. So 
We are sending all our love to you today, wherever you are, whoever you are in the world. If you have enjoyed today's episode, then please leave a review. Please share our podcast with anyone that you feel it may help. And of course, if you did feel able to, you can make a donation. Um, All of our information is on our website, which is relaxwithlucy.co.uk. And remember, all our meditations are on the Ellie's Gift app, which is completely free and available to download from the Play Store and from Apple. So until next time, you take care. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you gained some valuable insights and knowledge from the discussions and the content that was shared. If you found this content helpful, then please do subscribe to our podcast and you can leave us a review on your favourite platform. And also remember, we have our Ellie's Gift Baby Lost app, which is there to support you 24 hours around the clock. We really do send all our love to you wherever you are in the world. And we hope that this episode brought you a little sense of comfort during this very difficult time. And of course, if you want to help the Ellie's Gift Project and make a donation, you can do that via our website, which is www.relaxwithlucy.co.uk. Take care.